Let's bring in one of the 100 greatest players in NHL history, three Stanley Cup championships, 11-time All-Star, 26 years in the NHL, and of course, the greatest tan in the history of professional sports, number seven, Chris Chelios. <laughs> Chelly, how are you? Good, how you doing, Pete? I mean, you're still tan. You look great. Yeah, don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's that Greek olive skin we got. Uh, tell yeah. me about your workout today, first of all. Probably wasn't as hard as yours since you, you biked in the sauna, but I, I do that same thing like a ritual. I, I didn't bike in the sauna today, but I did my exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, dumbbells, all that stuff, and that's it. I mean, it's just crazy. I want people to uh, hear that again. You bike in a sauna. That's your workout. You've been doing this forever. Yeah, honestly, that wouldn't be considered a workout. It's basically, you just call it a, a a toxic wash. Um, it's cheating. It's easy because you just you sweat so much easier in a sauna. And when you bike in the sauna, you know you you don't necessarily burn more calories, but for sure you get those toxic sodium. There's nothing better than sweating, and and that's what gets all that bad stuff out of you. So that's really it's not like you're training for anything, and or it's, it's better for you. You know, if you're if you're you know trying to do cardio and, and build up your endurance, it, it, by no means does it do that, but it does get all that bad stuff out of your body through your pores. Of course, I mean, uh, you and I have become you know pretty friendly this summer, and I send you text messages all the time about my workouts, and you're like, Pete, you're down here, you need to be up here. <laughs> no, I, I mean, right now that I'm just a, your average person, not any longer an athlete trying to you know stay in top shape but you know listening to you you know you did your bike in the for 127 degrees that you know i'm curious i've never done that with a group uh before and like is it circuit training is it interval bike what like how do you guys do it it's called hot works it's at fullerton and racine and you get in a, a room the size of a sauna and there's either one, two, or three bikes. I did it with a buddy today. We did two bikes at 127 degrees, and there's a TV camera, and there's an instructor. And you do it for 15 minutes. You're sweating like crazy, and you're done. Okay, so but are you guys, is there tension? Are you go at your own level? How does that work? Um, you do uh, a lot of tension. You do sprints. It's just like a spinning class okay. in a sauna. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. like I said, I've never done that with a class, so it's, it's interesting. I'd like to try that. What did you think of watching hockey this year in uh, August? Uh, not a big fan because I'm a baseball fan, but uh, honestly, uh, it turned out they did a great job. Um, you know, the regular season, it, because it was shorter, it meant a lot more. Uh, but the playoffs, I thought the playoffs were great. Um, you know, You'd have to ask a player how it was not having fans in the building, especially when you're, you know, you, you have that advantage at home. That probably was the biggest difference for those guys. But, you know, as the players, the playoffs got deeper and, and the, you know, the teams narrowed down, it got more exciting. And then, you know, I thought, you know, watching the finals, it was great. You know, the, the intensity, the playoff intensity level was there. And I, I, I'm glad they pulled it off. Uh, something's better than nothing, especially with all this crazy you know, craziness we've had this year. Um, it was entertaining for hockey, baseball, basketball, um, and now football. I think it, it helps a lot uh, with what's going on. I mean, we had no sports for six months, and suddenly we had every single sport playing in the month of August. Everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm not complaining. I couldn't wait to, to watch baseball games on TV. I tried to go to Murphy's and those rooftops, but it's not the same when you're not walking into Wrigley or, or walking into a guaranteed rate. Right. Um, but again, like I think people were pretty thankful that the, the athletes, it's a big commitment, you know, especially the guys that have to go in the bubble, you know, to be away from your family that long and your kids. That's, you know, it's tough, but they, they did it and they, they did a great job. You brought up not having fans in the stands. I mean, think about the Chicago Stadium back in the day if you didn't have fans when you were playing in the Stanley Cup final or the playoffs back in 92. How weird would that have been? Yeah, I mean, there was no question that Chicago, the old Chicago Stadium, you had a home ice advantage for sure just because of the crowd and the, the, the level, the noise level. And, you know, it, you talk to any of those guys back in the day that played there, they hated coming in there. They knew they were in for a war. And then the crowd had a lot to do with it. It was kind of like that movie Gladiator when they march into that, you know, that Coliseum. And that's, I mean, right. that's what we felt like as players walking up those stairs. Like it was – there's an amazing feeling, you know, to do that. And there's a lot of buildings like that. Uh, Madison Square Garden, the old Boston Garden, Toronto Maple Leaf Garden. So we were one of those, you know, teams that had the advantage, you know, having that building. What did you think of Tampa Bay? They were shamed for letting people drink out of the cup. That was a bunch of young kids having fun. And there's no way to stop that celebration. That cup brings out the, the best and the worst in people when it comes to the parties. But um, – I was happy. My daughter worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning. She did the TV and the radio. Um, so she, you know, has a ring. That's our fourth ring in the family. So we're oh all covered gosh. when it comes to kids. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Cooper. I, I'm a big fan of the way they play it, like a North American style. Even though with all that skill, they've got big, strong, you know, especially their, their back end on defense. And uh, they deserve it. You know, they've been at the, knocking at the door for the last few years here. John Cooper's a great coach. He's won at every level. So I was pretty happy to see Tampa win it. they got great ownership. You know, it's good for them. Um, what do you – you know, back in the day, how many times did you bring the Stanley Cup into Stanley's? Because I've seen it one time with you back in the day. Well, let me just say this. The guys that, you know, watch the Cup, uh, Dave and, and the other guys, that, you know, they had to take care of the Cup and travel with the Cup. Once they went to a few of our parties, and I, I would say, especially the Stanley's party, anytime that cup was available, they'd call me, and I'd have that thing. I had that thing more than anybody, uh, including <laughs> the Hall of Fame. So uh, it was great. Uh, Stanley saw it a lot of times. Sometimes only like 20 people we bring in the afternoon, and people would walk in and say, what the hell is the Stanley Cup doing here in the middle of the day? And, yeah, I got my money's worth with that thing for sure in Chicago. I, I mean, uh, we talked about this before. Donnie Cruz, uh, a mutual friend of ours. When you walked into Stanley's, you knew something was going to happen every single night. Yeah, if Ryan Dempster wasn't playing golden tee naked with one of his teammates or, <laughs> you know, somebody was throwing something, whether it was a chair or glass. Uh, you know, I, I'll never forget when someone threw that huge gumball machine down the stairs. But that – some great times, and yeah, we miss Donnie a lot. And you know, with with Donnie, Stanley's also died, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a you know somewhat like the lodge. It was an institution, and right. you know, people Lincoln Park, especially those Sunday brunches with Donnie's, you know, fried chicken, mashed potato. Like I did, it wasn't out of the ordinary to see MJ in there and other people, celebrities, like just 
just, you know, enjoying it. You know, it was a great spot. Eddie Vedder, Kid Rock would get up and sing on Sunday night karaoke. I mean, it was just, that's what it was. But that whole corner now, Chelly, when you drive down Lincoln at Sedgwick, Gamekeeper, Stanley, Sedgwick's all closed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could ever reopen Stanley's because Donnie was Stanley's. But yeah, Gamekeeper's another, you know, spot. It was a great landmark. Uh, you know, that was where he went after Stanley's because Stanley closes at two and Gamekeeper's was open until four. So right. not that you needed it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Uh, I mean, eventually, I, I'm, I'm sure some, it's such a great neighborhood and there's so much traffic there. You know, I think eventually someone's going to reopen those those buildings and, and it'll It'll be different, but you know you need new places to, to, to make them old places. So it'll 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 eventually it's going to come around. Let's talk about the Blackhawks right now. Uh, it was fun to see the Hawks beat the Oilers in the the playoffs or the the play-in uh, series to get into the playoffs. But man, Sod's gone. They didn't re-sign Corey Crawford. Is this a rebuilding year for the Hawks? Well, I think I'm not, don't, you know, quote me. I guess you can quote me, but that's, that's what I heard that they had said uh, a few days ago. And if that came from management, I'm not sure. Maybe you know better than me. Um, I hate to see that word rebuild, to be honest yeah. with you. I don't want to get in trouble. They, you know, you can't question the management and, you know, what they've done over the past 12 years, uh, 14 years. So they, they, they obviously know what they're doing. Um, really, uh, for me, just disappointing to see, you know, Corey Crawford go, a big fan. I thought the last year and a half he was at the top of his game, and it's tough to find quality goaltenders like that. I know we've got Subban uh, and and the other kid. I'm sorry, his name eludes me right now. Uh, but that's where it starts. And then Saad, you know, another good veteran player, kind of a big body. Uh, it was a good Blackhawk. Um, it's tough. Those decisions are tough. And I, if I look back to, you know, my situation where I left the Hawks, it was just time. And you know, it just remains to, to be seen if if this is the time to, to rebuild and, and, and try and add some new blood and, and get them back to where they were a few years back. You're an ambassador for the Blackhawks. If they said, hey, Chelly, can you come out to training camp and just talk to these kids and maybe mentor them a little bit, would you do it? Oh, of course, if they asked. <laughs> uh, I've managed to stay out of the hockey ops. Um, you know, when I was assistant coach in Detroit, I was only part-time, and I, I just decided it wasn't fair that these guys were putting in, you know, you know, they're committed and they're in full-time. And, you know, it wasn't fair for me to just go in there and show up for home games and just be at home practices. So when they ask, when Jeremy asks for advice or, you know, asks for some input, I give it. I don't go and volunteer it. I don't second-guess. Um, I sure do miss being in that room and, and help being with the players and, and helping out the defensemen. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe that'll come in, in time. Uh, you know, I, like I said, would never turn it down. But uh, for now, I'm really content with the job I have. And it, it's fun to watch. Uh, when they struggle is when I feel like I could really help. Right. Um, and they know that. And they're, they're, they're always talking to me. John McDonough, we had a great relationship. Uh, and again, Jeremy, I speak with Jeremy uh, often. So, uh, I hope to get involved a little more, but they got enough guys, you know, and, and guys like Campbell who are around now and, right. and the ex-players that, that they're, they're, they're to, they know what they're doing. Does it bother you when you see players, be it hockey, uh, baseball, or football, when they're hugging each other during the game? It seems like they're too friendly nowadays. I mean, I'm watching this Dodger playoff, and these guys are laughing. Even the guys that are down 6-2 are laughing and joking. I 
If we did that with Daryl Sutter and Mike Keenan, we wouldn't play the rest of the game <laughs> and maybe not the next game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball is a little different. You know, you don't see that so much in football. Hockey, they got, they've gotten really friendly. I mean, it looks like when guys are hitting, guys are apologizing after the whistle. So, I, you right. know, it's just the way, you know, the games change. I find it hard if you ask the younger generation – you know, they don't know any difference, so they just assume that's the way it is. But, um, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot, and I, I, I prefer the war. I mean, I, you're, you know, it's like the old saying, two guys would fight on the ice, and then afterwards they'd have a beer in the bar if they saw each other. I prefer it to be on those standards. Could you imagine if you hugged a player during the game and go back into the locker room with Mike Keenan, what he would do? I'd be, He'd I'd lose be it. Yeah, I'd, I'd either be back in Rockford or where we were back then. I don't know where the minor league team was. <laughs> and uh, that's where I'd be. <laughs> uh, Alex Ovechkin um, turned 35. They're talking about, will he break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record? Do you think that's going to happen? I don't. I mean, I don't know how far. Where is he at now with his goals and how many did Gretz have? Uh, Gretzky, I, of course, I, Gretzky, 894. Ovechkin is at 706. At 35 years old, I, I I don't I can't say I would say no. Um, it's harder and harder to score goals. He's he's a beast. He's one of my favorite players, Ovechkin. He, he does it all. He's a power forward. He hits, you know, and he scores. And you know, he just plays hard. And uh, I could see our buddy Putin offering Ovechkin a ton of money to finish off his career there. <laughs> and uh, you know, but he seems to love this North American style of hockey. And I know he loves the NHL, so. But I'm still going to stick with Gretzky. You played against both of these guys, right? Yeah. With Gretzky and Ovechkin. Yeah. Ovechkin came in at what? In what? 05? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Ovechkin, much harder. Thank God that he liked me. He never, you know, went after me. And Gretz was a whole different ball game. Just skill. You know, you're just trying to survive on the ice against him and, and not be made look stupid. But Ovechkin, you're worried about, you know, getting run over. And it, it would have been best regular season not to wake him up, Ovechkin, but in the playoffs, he's all in, and it doesn't matter. He just sees colors, you know, kind of like that bull that's in the arena and just charges. Wow. I mean, uh, I think people forget how great the older players are. I mean, we're seeing the comparisons now to LeBron and Michael Jordan. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, you played against him. How great was he? He was the, I mean, His nickname was the great one. Yeah, and say what you want, that he was surrounded by a bunch of Hall of Famers, but he made these guys Hall of Famers. That's right. He, he made people around him better, and that's what I think, you know, you mentioned Michael and LeBron. I, I think there's no question LeBron's a one-man show, and he's a, a, a skill so much better than everyone in the game right now. But MJ made everybody around him better. I thought that he was a better team player, and he could, you know, you disperse that ball around more and I'm biased because I'm MJ's friend and he's from Chicago Bulls and right there's one thing for sure LeBron's nowhere near as cool as MJ was you know, just <laughs> listening to his they're both great you can't say nothing bad about LeBron he's he's been a great ambassador for the sport but again my vote goes to MJ as overall and all around he's the best there was a certain classiness about MJ when he would show up for the uh the post-game press conferences, he'd wear the nice suit, the Bigsby and Carruthers suit. He'd sit down. He was so relaxed. I mean, just a coolness about him. Yeah, like I said, the word that comes to mind is cool. I love that you're still a fan of sports. Some guys just get burned out of everything and just kind of disappear. You're still, you know, you split your time between California and Chicago, right? 
Yeah, but I'm mostly in Chicago. I mean, I'll get away a little bit when the Hawks, you know, get away because of the way my job works out. When the Hawks go on the road, I can. But the majority of the time, because of my family, my kids, my mom, I'm in Chicago. Um, uh, I love it. You know, the summers have been great. I didn't do that for 30 years. I spent my summers out west to get away to train. And now I've kind of switched it around where I'm here all summer and enjoying the lake. There's no better place to be you know, than Chicago in the summertime. It's just great, the people, the city. This was a tough, you know, obviously a tough year, which w- w- went on. But right. um, overall, you know, we'll get back on our feet and we'll get back to normal and, and things are going to be great again. Well, with the riots and the looting downtown, I mean, we have election day coming up and we encourage yeah. people to go out and vote. And you're one of those guys that want people to go out there and vote. Yeah, and I've like I said, I've never been too much into politics. I don't look at the, what I'm, more interested is the safety. Like I said, I've never ever been into politics. I don't take them very serious as, as I know a lot of people do. But one thing I do know that, you know, for me, most important is the safety, you know, and, and feeling safe walking around, you know, the great city of Chicago. You know, you want everyone and your, your, the neighborhoods, your friends, your family, not have to worry about this, what's going on. And, you know, one thing you can control, like there's a guy running Pat O'Brien for state's attorney and that's one position, I think, that really doesn't reflect anything about politics other than, you know, common sense and, and putting these people that are committing these horrible crimes behind bars and, and not for just a day or two for a long period of time and, and hold these people accountable. Because it's gotten to the point where, you know, everybody's talking about it. And I don't care what side you're on, Democrat or Republican. This is about a safety issue and saving the city. You know, enough's enough with what's going on. This is sad. And I live downtown and, and it's horrible and it needs to get back to where we were. So people are bragging about our city as opposed to trying to defend. You know, it's embarrassing with what's going on. And we're the talk of the country when it comes to crime. It's horrible. Right. You got to uh, go out and vote. We encourage people to yeah. uh, vote on Election Day. And one last thing. Um, when was the last time you talked to uh, Ronick? How's JR doing? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, he's out pounding the pavement. He's into politics, Jerry. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to say who he's, you know, pulling for, but uh, he loves his golf, JR. He's he's everywhere. He's out, you know, he's in Chicago quite a bit. And yep. I believe he's coming back next week. Kim and Eddie Belfort are coming back. Eddie's got a whiskey that he's promoting. So, we're going to go to a luncheon for Eddie. Uh, but yeah, JR's great. Unfortunately, he lost his job with NBC. and you know, he'll come, he'll surface somewhere, you know, he was good on TV. And, and I think people really enjoyed his perspective. It was a different perspective of how he approached things. And I love uh, it. You know, he catered to the normal fan and right. He's a great, he's the greatest. He was a fan like all of us. And that's how it came out on uh, television. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he makes himself approachable. You know, he's always out in the public and people like that, you know, I, I you know, I realized I'd have my bars and restaurants and people like to see you there and they like to talk to you and have a drink with you. So and, and that's what Jeremy was all about. How do we get him into the Hall of Fame? He's got over 1,200 points, five, over 500 goals. How does he get into the Hall of Fame? You know, I, I don't understand it, especially when, you know, being American too. Uh, right. Scale, um, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from guys that have been inducted, but I think he's deserved to be in there ahead of a few other guys. And, and again, I know he's my friend. I know he's a teammate, but there's no question it's overdue. He, and there's no question he should be in the Hall of Fame now, and he should get in soon. 
Shelly, it's great to hear your voice. Great to see you. Your tan is just spot on. You look great. Yeah. I'm going to go work on it next week. Don't worry. Chris. <laughs> I'm going to get a tan here in Chicago. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Chris Chelios, number seven. Thanks for joining us, Chelly. All right. Take care.